What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rest of Season Rankings Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Seifter, joined, as always, by my co-host, Bart Wheeler. And Bart, it's part two of our starting pitcher preview show, plural shows. Uh, and, you know, we recorded part one only two days ago, but I, things are happening. We've got, uh, you know, one of my favorite um, value picks, Carlos Rodon, is uh, going to start the season on the IL with a forearm strain. He's going to uh, go seven to ten days without throwing, and then he's going to have to ramp back up. Um you know, durability was always a, a question mark a bit with Rodon, and it's come to uh, bite him before the seasons even began. Dylan Cease, also a guy who um, I was fading pretty hard. Uh, I know it's only spring training, but he gave up 11 runs in two-thirds of an inning. So uh, I'm thinking maybe <laughs> more people are going to be fading him now after that outing. Oh, man. The uh, White Sox and former White Sox. Yeah, not not good news all around. Um, I, I, we were chatting about Carlos Rodon like right before the show started, and I had literally had a busy day. So I just saw it not long ago. So I haven't updated my rankings you know, to adjust. But, man, we hadn't even gotten to Tyler Glass now. I'm sure we'll get to him in this episode. But I had lowered him enough. Like I probably had him in my top 30 you know, a month ago. But you know the the injuries. You know when they happen, they're they're worrisome. And what I saw was there's said to be no damage to Rodon's UCL ligament, but just the fact that like they're talking about it makes me nervous. So where where did you move him? I haven't moved him yet. Uh, just curious, like how far you dropped him because you definitely had him well inside your top ten, right? I had him actually in my top five. So, wow. Yeah, yeah. Um. So <laughs> I, I I'm actually still c- contemplating it. I initially moved him down uh, to. F- 14 um but i could see even dropping him a few more spots than that like to me he's in in a group now with uh luis severino and clayton kershaw because those are other guys that can dominate but you don't know how many innings they're going to throw um so i feel like he's sort of in in a grouping for me with those guys at this point yeah that makes sense i mean like you said the durability issues with rodon in general like that that was part of the reason i had him a bit lower than you was just like last year you know he threw was 178 innings which was the most he'd thrown in any season so far so it's sort of like well let's see if he can do it again before we trust it so this is definitely dampers it I will say you know since our SP part one episode I've gone back and I've I've, I have been shuffling some folks around Um, I did move Sandy Alcantara down a couple spots you know after our discussion and um, I also moved Kevin Gaussman above Alec Manoa I had him flipped so after we talked about it and I was looking at the numbers and stuff it's just you know it just got me thinking and I did move uh, the veterans Clayton Kershaw and Chris Sale um, and Giolito a little bit higher because, you know, like we talked about in the first episode, you can go back and l- listen to that. But it's just tough not to have Kershaw and Sale a bit higher because when they when they're healthy, they're good. I mean, they've been really good, and so I moved, I bumped them up a bit. All right, and I moved Christian Javier up a little bit because uh, I've been uh, you 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 made a good case, and other people have also been yeah. uh, talking about him. Um, so. I'm I'm warming up to him. I mean, he's a guy I always liked. Honestly, I was early in on him. Uh, you know, he was a guy I picked up in my leagues when he first emerged. So I, I've always liked the skill set. The walks was just the thing that uh, you know gave me yeah. some pause. But he's he's a really uh, good pitcher and the kind of guy that has breakout potential. Yeah. Well, if we want to get into some more pitchers today, I'll say like maybe we can pick up where like we left off. Sort of in the, we're getting into the 30s with your guys, but we skipped over a few of mine, and so I wanted to give you a, a pair of a pair of pairs, I guess. So I've got four guys I want to talk about uh, who are in my top. Uh, let's see. The first two guys are in my top 30. So I have 
Framer Valdez and Logan Webb at 28 and 29. And, you know, these are the reason I have these guys grouped together is they're both really good ground ball pitchers. Uh, Framer Valdez, uh, you know, he threw almost 200 innings. He was, uh, we led the league in quality starts last year with 26. And, you know, he's an Astro. I know he walked a lot of guys. Um, and Logan Webb, you know, he's a good ground ball pitcher too. He's, uh, he's not really exceptional, <laughs> you know, at anything, but like, he's not going to hurt your fantasy team. And kind of both of these guys are more like sort of the conversation of, I think they'll finish as top 30 guys. I don't know that I'm like really g- going out there, like wanting to draft these guys necessarily, but I, I just couldn't move them much lower. So I'm curious where you have, uh, Valdez and Logan Webb. All right. Uh, well I have Framber Valdez at 42 and I have Logan Webb at 35. So uh, it sounds like I'm not too, too far behind you on Webb, a little further behind you on Valdez. Um, I have Valdez grouped with Jose Urquidy as teammate and also mm-hmm. Luis Garcia. Actually, those three Astro pitchers are all uh, in the same tier for me. Um, you know, because I feel like it's a great setup um, and they're solid pitchers, but they don't have the upside, you know? Um, yeah. For Valdez, it's just, you know, it's about the strikeouts and the walks for me. I mean, he's just not great in either category. So uh, what that means is he's not going to give you the strikeouts. And uh, the whip, I mean, it will be okay. Um, but I feel like the 116 whip last year is probably pretty close to a top end for him. I mean, um, you know, I could easily see. Uh, that being closer to 120, 125, something like that. So yeah. he's he's very helpful in ERA and, uh, you know, being on the Astros, um, throwing 200 innings last year, he could be a good source of wins. But uh, right. like we talked about in the last show, we don't want to pay for the wins. So he had 17 of them last year. Uh, it would be very hard to repeat that number. Um, so I just, I just see some regression. I mean, he's one of those guys where the – the peripherals always like the the expected ERA is always higher than the actual ERA, um, but the xFIP is actually uh, more in line, I guess. Um, so, you know, I, I expect some regression on that two eighty two ERA, but he's going to be a help there. He's going to be a help in ERA. Mm-hmm. He he should be above average in wins. I just I'm not so sure about uh, the WHIP and the strikeouts are are just going to be uh, below par. Yeah, and the help in ERA like helps more if he does throw 200 innings again. But I, you know, we'll see. And I, I think it's interesting that you have him with the other uh, Astros pitchers because I do have Luis Garcia quite a bit further down, kind of in the 50s. And then I have I have Urquidy even lower. And you know, some of this, I mean, we'll get to some of these guys today. I have Urquidy at 75. Like, wow. Yeah, yeah. and I, I mean, I'll just mention him real quick. Like, you know, his ERA has been under four, but his underlying numbers look like it could be closer to five honestly like i mean when you look at like his xfip and some of these things you know i i don't i don't necessarily trust it i mean he has kept a low babbit so far and maybe he just keeps it you know the astros have a good defense and things like that but i just worry with like hunter brown coming up if, if mccullers can get healthy i have mccullers way down i don't trust his health but like if you know then i just think urquidy could be sort of the odd man out or maybe maybe they go to like maybe they do a six-man rotation but if they do five like i think maybe he just like is like a long reliever or something. So I just worry that Urquidy might sort of be the odd man out there. I hear what you're saying. I just, I mean, one thing I like about Urquidy is uh, he has great control, low walk rates, and that means low whips. So I actually, that's the reason that he um, gets in the same conversation for me. Uh, 
I probably sh- maybe should move him down a little bit because his strikeout rate's really poor, and uh, he may not have quite as much ERA upside uh, as as Valdez does. Um, certainly, he's a fly ball pitcher, whereas Valdez is a ground ball pitcher. So, um, I you know that that actually could be a good thing because uh, with home runs kind of down with the the new baseballs, um, being a fly ball pitcher is not such a bad thing anymore. Yeah. Uh, you know, he has had some issues with home runs, but I could see those numbers actually improving. So, uh, you know, it's possible his ERA actually could go down if he if he gets similar uh, batted ball results on the balls that don't go over the fence. Uh, yeah. But no, I mean, I'm not like, I agree. I'm not really, like, for me, Arkady is a guy I, I have ranked there just because I, th- I feel like he's going to, you know, accumulate innings and get some wins and uh and have a decent whip and it he'll end up finishing higher than than like i would actually want to draft him probably because again i i'm focused on per inning production and he's definitely not a a big per inning production guy i mean i actually had him in my league last year and uh used him for a while he was like just like really really awesome and then Mm. when the kind of the first sign of uh him slowing down i just dropped him because i was like with the k rate as it is i you know i the upside's not really there so like there's no scenario where i would hugely regret it you know yeah well it sounds like you have logan webb higher than all these guys uh you said you had him at 35 i think i have him at 29 so we're we're pretty close there uh he's you know with the giants he he also threw almost 200 innings uh like valdez and yeah, started 32 games, had 15 wins. Um, his walk rate's a bit lower than Framer, Framer Valdez. And like his ERA has been right around three the last couple seasons. So he will help your ERA as well. Yeah, I, I think Logan Webb is a solid pitcher. Again, I, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how like the ground ball thing, like you said, like are these ground ball pitchers, you know, like him and Alcantara and some of these guys, will they continue to be really good? Or, you know, will the shift rules and some of that, you know, kind of hurt them? Um, but I just, I really like Logan Webb. He goes deep into games. Uh, you know, his whip probably be around 1.12 to 1.15, somewhere in there. So not like stellar, but like the ERA is going to help you, especially if he, if he goes 200 innings, that'll help even more. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to see him get the strikeouts back up because they yeah. were down quite a bit last season. So um, that's, that's sort of the reason that I don't have him even higher, honestly, because uh, that's a question mark. I don't know what's going to happen with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, we love Giants pitchers. It's a it's just a good team to invest in. Uh, you know his velocity was down a little bit last year, but not not a ton. So, um, I, I you know I don't see a reason he couldn't at least uh, add some strikeouts. He's only twenty six, like he, and he struck out well over a batter per inning in twenty twenty one. So I would hope that comes back. But he's going to be helpful in ERA and WHIP regardless, and uh, and and chipping and wins as well. So. Um, yeah, I, I, I think he's a decent pitcher. I, I probably won't be targeting him, but like if he, if he falls, I wouldn't have a problem drafting him as like, you know, maybe my third or fourth fantasy starter. I don't want him as my first or second. That's for sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, you know, you're talking about strikeouts and I'm, I'll mention the other pair of guys I have and you probably, you probably have an idea of one or two of them. You might know, you might know both of them here, but I have uh, Blake Snell and Robbie Ray also inside my top Mm -hmm. 32 or so, uh, here. Um, so that's kind of where we are in our in our rankings now. We're kind of caught up through 32 or 33 pitchers, and yeah, it's it's the strikeouts. I know they've they both have had some walk issues. Uh, I will say that Robbie Ray kept those walks down, you know, for him. 
for a second year in a row. Um, but his K rate also decreased. So it's like, I don't know what version of Robbie Ray we're getting, but like, you know, he won the Cy Young two years ago. He comes over to Seattle. Obviously, like last year you were paying for it. This year, I feel like you might be getting a little bit more of a discount with Robbie Ray. I mean, he's probably going about where he needs to be. Um, Cause yeah, he can be wild. He can give up a lot of home runs, but these guys like have won the Cy Young. They're, they're really good when they're good. And I, you know, Blake Snell was really good in the second half. So it's just, it's one of those things like you can't get this level of strikeout really this late. So there's going to be some reason why they're going this late. And uh, curious how late you would draft them. Uh, well, let's see here. I have Robbie Ray up at 37 and uh, I could honestly move him even up a few more spots now that I think about it. Um, I, you know, I used to be not a Robbie Ray fan, but like you said, uh, he's really gotten the walks under control yeah. uh, the last couple of years. Um, you know, I never really fully bought in when he uh, when he had that great year back in 2017 because he still was walking a lot of guys back then. Uh, and then the bottom really fell out for him uh, oh, yeah. in, uh, in the COVID year. But, um, you know, he used to be a guy that would just kind of not really help you much in uh, – in whip and then his era would be okay but uh, maybe like mid to high threes at best um so you were kind of you know holding your nose a little bit to get the strikeouts and now you can get the strikeouts um even though his strikeout rate was down last year it was still very good and i'd take that that trade off you know um yeah the home runs are always going to be a problem for him though i mean he just gives up really hard contact uh so uh, you know, that, that like last year was actually uh, one of his his uh, or at least an average home run allowed rate for him. Um, and it, it did boost that ERA up. So like he's going to be one of these guys who uh, he, he's going to have a higher ERA than you would think he would have based on how dominant he can look at times. Um, so that's just something you kind of have to live with. Uh, I think um, I'm not expecting uh, him to significantly improve on last year's ERA, but you'd take a 370 ERA, I think, from him because, uh, again, with the fewer walks, like the the whip will actually not be that bad. Um, you know, under 120 perhaps, and then you're getting a lot of Ks. So, uh, yeah, so I, I I like him. I mean, Snell has a bigger problem with the walks at this point. So, I have him down at 45. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, he'll definitely give you a ton of strikeouts. I had him last year. I mean, he he's the kind of player that often finds like he can end up on the waiver wire, you know, because like <laughs> yeah. when he's bad, he's really bad, you know. And he's also a guy that is not going to pitch a ton of innings. I mean, like uh, his he he's thrown over 130 innings once in his career, and it was yep. back in 2018. So. Uh, injuries inefficiency is a big thing for him too i mean he just doesn't go deep into games you know so um so yeah i i I feel like he's kind of yeah the strikeouts are nice but like i I mean he's gonna hurt your whip i think just based on the amount of walks or at least not help it a lot and then um the era is kind of fluctuated all over the place like yeah it's one of those th- it's almost like every other year he has a good era it looks like which <laughs> is not a uh there's no science to that obviously but if that were the case he had a good era last year so what does that mean <laughs> you know um <laughs> but but yeah no I, I i i mean i think he i could see the similarities between him and ray i suppose i just i think ray will be better in whip and uh 
throw more innings. That's kind of the main difference for the, for me between those two. Yeah, that makes sense, and that's exactly why I had to move Chris or uh, Clayton Kershaw, you know, above a guy like Snell. I had to, and I'm as we're talking about it, I'm thinking I probably should move Sale above Snell because you make a good point with the innings. I mean, I see the the, the projection systems projecting him for 150 innings, but like, where is that coming from? I mean, if you look at what he's done, how can you trust that? I mean, he'll probably last two years he's thrown pretty much exactly 128 innings, and yeah, right. like you said, he threw 180 back in 2018, but that's the high mark. So, you know. That's again when we were talking about Rodon, and I'm not like gonna say I called it. I mean, it's an injury, but like it's just something you have to think about with guys. I mean, we're not getting a lot of true workhorses, but that's why I like a guy like Logan Webb because he just has that look of a workhorse, and I feel like the way he pitches, I just think he'll be fine. He won't be great, but like I, I like Logan Webb to to get 200 innings. Yeah, no, that's. I mean, there's definitely value in that, and especially in you know, deeper leagues where there's not going to be a lot of value on the waiver wire. Uh, That has a lot of value. Yeah. Um, So uh, anyone else in your top uh, 35 you want to talk about? No, I mean, I think that's it. I think we can, you know, maybe you give me a couple guys and we can kind of go back and forth here because yeah, we're, we're pretty much down into my 33, 34 area with some guys that you've already talked about too. Okay. So um, one spot ahead of Logan Webb, I have uh, Joe Ryan. Hmm. At thir- okay. at thirty four, uh, and you know, his first season, his, it was his first full season, um, uh, was and it was like pretty good. And I think he can be like a strong like number three or number four fantasy starter, um, even if he fails to miss bats with the same frequency that he did in the minors. But I I do also think there is some potential for some some. Uh, progress in that regard so uh, that's intriguing to me Uh, I think he's been working on a different pitch mix this spring too Mm -hmm. Um, so we'll have to see what what happens there but um, you know uh, like what he did last year I'll take it I mean 355 ERA uh, a uh, 110 whip real strong whip uh, over a strikeout per inning uh, 13 wins it's very solid numbers across the board in 147 innings uh, and I could see him, you know, taking a step forward in, in number of innings as well. The projection systems have him around 160 in that in that area. So I think that's a reasonable expectation. But again, like in the minors, he was like a big strikeout guy. You know? Yeah. So um, I, I still feel like there's potential for growth there. I mean, he is 27 now, but he's thrown less than 200 innings in the big leagues. So um we, we it still remains to be seen exactly uh, how big a cake uh, guy he is, but I think he's going to have solid ratios. Yeah, so I mean, I think as we go through these guys, we're going to have some pretty different. <laughs> uh, you know, we're going to need some pretty different rankings here. I have Joe Ryan at forty eight, so wow. okay. we're. I mean, and maybe I'm da- maybe I'm down on him versus ADP. I don't know. I'll have to look as we as we go here. But yeah, for me, it's like it's kind of like when we were talking about Alec Manoa and why I moved him down, you know, and moved Gossman above him. It's like, where did the strikeouts go? Um, but you're right. Like he was a high caper nine guy in the minors. So maybe it comes back. He's still very young. So yeah, I mean, Joe Ryan could certainly improve. And I think that's the thing about like, when you look at these projection systems, like you also have to like, you know, <laughs> watch the guy pitch and do you like a guy or not? I mean, we, ba- we barely have a combined full season's worth of data on him. So like there is the, a bit of unknown still with him. So I'm perfectly fine taking a shot on a Joe Ryan. I have other guys I like ahead of him, and we'll get to those guys. Um, but other young guys, um, 
which names I'll, I'll kind of wait on who I have ahead of Joe Ryan, but maybe I want to take a shot on over him. Okay. That's fair. I just, I basically, I look at it as like last, like last year, his, his K rate was significantly lower than in the minors. His walk rate was higher than in the minors and he still was good. So yeah, like if anything, I think he could improve on that. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Who, who's next for you? Uh, so then I have Webb at 35 and then I, this is a guy that was a, uh, a big favorite of mine last season and it didn't quite work out, but I'm going back to the well again on John Gray. Uh, oh, okay. No longer in Colorado. Yeah. Uh, I've got him at, th- at 36. And, um, you know, it, it wasn't like he was bad last year. I mean, a 396 ERA, 113 whip, 9.47K per nine. Like, that's solid uh, numbers. But I think he can be even better than that. I mean, his peripherals indicate he was better than that. And, uh, you know, health is always going to be a, an issue with him. Like, we can't count on a huge inning total. But again, like, I like the per inning production and um, just being out of Colorado. I feel like we we still haven't seen yet what um, a full season of John Gray out of Colorado could look like. I mean, he did throw, uh, you know, around 150 innings to 170 innings per season with the Rockies. So I think that he can get back into that into that range, um, giving you that really uh, pretty strong strike rate. Not like super elite, but pretty strong. Uh, and um, uh, good whip and uh, reasonable ERA. So, uh, yeah, I like John Gray. I'm 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 back in. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you're you're pretty spot on here. And I think just the getting out of Colorado thing is right. And like with Texas last year, he was good when he pitched. He dealt with a myriad of injuries. I feel like, and otherwise, he could have pitched 170, 80 innings, which is what a lot of the projections are looking at. So he could be more of that workhorse. I think, and I'm looking at ADP. I'm more in line with ADP. He's at 55, and that's kind of around where I have him. But I've I've been moving him up. In fact, I I had him lower, and I kept moving him up because exactly what you said. Um, like if if we get more innings out of him and see what he can do out of, outside of cores even more, like he might just keep. This is the pitcher he is, and if we get more innings, we're gonna look back and be like, oh, John Gray, top 35 or top 30 starting pitcher for fantasy, and maybe it's a boring pick, but I think this, again, this is one of those plays where you're way above. ADP and so like you may not want to take him that high but like definitely keep him in your queue and don't wait too long but John Gray is a guy uh, he's gonna be a good value I think in drafts yeah I mean just look at it this way like his strikeout rate was pretty much the same as it was during his Colorado years his walk rate was pretty much the same that it was during his Colorado years even his home runs allowed was pretty much the same that it was during his Colorado years but his BABIP allowed was a 271 in his Colorado years, it was usually over 300. Mm-hmm. And you, you look at the impact that has on his whip. I mean, it, it, it turns him from a guy that's like a 135 whip guy to a guy that's like a 110, 115 whip. I mean, it's a huge difference, you know? Yep. And uh, I don't know if it will affect his ERA quite as much, but I think it should affect it some. So, you know, uh, even in Colorado, he had a couple years where he had an ERA under four. Uh, pitching for the Rockies which is extremely hard to do so like if he had a season like that um, with the Rangers I think his ERA would actually be under three that's how big a difference it makes uh, to be out of Colorado yeah absolutely well I'm, I'm gonna keep bumping him up a little bit as we talk through some guys I mean like I said I made some adjustments after our, our first pod I'm gonna make a few adjustments as we talk through some guys so I'm, I'm gonna creep him. I'm not gonna go that high with him but I'll, I'll move him up a little bit from where I have him cool so who's next for you then 
Well, I'm um, trying to remember like all the guys we talked about. Um, next on my list, I know we talked about Freddie Peralta. We talked about George Kirby. Did we talk about Kyle Wright? He's next on my list. I don't remember talking about Kyle Wright. I don't think we did. So I'm yeah. Yeah, so Kyle Wright, he's 35th for me, and um, I'm pulling up his Fangraphs page right now. Like, I know that, you know, the wins really are inflating his numbers and what he did as a, as a fantasy asset last year, right? But, you know, Kyle Wright's still someone, he's he's 27. Uh, you know, like we like getting pitchers for the Astros and Dodgers. I mean, Braves are right up there, too. You know, he threw 180 innings. Uh, he, definitely, he definitely had, like, a worse second half, and the K rate is... You know, it's not quite a caper nine, um, and I think that was like that fell off a bit in the second half. So like, there's definitely some like concern <laughs> of Kenny put put it all together for a full season. But if you look at his full season numbers, I mean, yeah, the xERA is closer to four, but he did have a three, you know, a three point one nine ERA, and uh, you know, the bab. I mean, some of the numbers it's kind of hard to tell because he's sort of a, a late bloomer. We don't have a ton of innings on him in the majors, so I don't know. I just think like it, it's someone who with the track record. I, I had to rank him here. I'm not that crazy about drafting him, but at the same, like he's a little bit inflated. I think you're paying for the wins, but I still don't want Kyle Wright to fall too far in drafts for me. Yeah, I mean, so the, the first half, second half thing was a bit of a, a of a concern for me. I mean, he wasn't terrible in the second half, but he was terrible in September and October. Uh, mm-hmm. He had a 5.26 ERA um, at in, at the end of the, the final month of the season. So. Uh, that kind of really took a, a bite out of his his numbers for the season, and I just I don't know something about him. Like I always felt like he was sort of uh, overperforming when he was going good, you know. So yeah, like that to me seemed like uh, sort of a natural regression. I, I should probably move him up a little bit, but I I sort of took a stand with Kyle Wright ranking him where I do. I have him at <laughs> sixty five right now. <laughs> Yeah, that's a stand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I might move him up a little bit because, uh, you know, he was actually good in uh, AAA in 2021 as well. So um, it didn't come completely out of nowhere, I guess. Um, but, like, you know, I, I, pitching for the Braves can only go so far. You have to be a good pitcher. And um, I I just, yeah, the, the not-so-good strikeout rate, middling walk rate. Um, just not a player I'm excited to draft, like you said. Yeah, and and honestly, I'll, I'll give you another one who I have right here as well, Chris Bassett. I have Chris Bassett at 36, and if you told me you had him quite a bit lower, I wouldn't really argue with you, but like, you know, he's coming over from the Mets. He's now with the Toronto Blue Jays, three-year, $63 million contract, just turned 34. He's just been a really solid pitcher the last four years or so, if you look at his numbers. So like, to me, he's kind of a boring pick without a ton of strikeout potential too. But he's going to eat innings, and like I just think he's going to end up being like a top forty starting pitcher. Just not again, not one who I want to draft in most leagues. This comes down to like as we're going through guys, I'm looking at like I do adjust a little bit for ADP, and I start moving guys up, and I look at like guys who I think will throw 180, 90 innings. And Bassett is one of them. Like I think he's going to he's going to pitch, uh, you know, every <laughs> every five days, and he's going to accumulate numbers. And if you look at his ERA and WHIP, he's been very consistent. Like I said, the last four years, so. Not super excited to draft him, but this is this is sort of the area that you would probably want to take a solid starter like Chris Bassett. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, you know, the one question, of course, is that he is going to the Blue Jays, and he's always pitched in favorable pitching environments before. I mean, he was with Oakland for yeah. all those years, and then with the Mets last year. Those are both, uh, 
good ballpark, home ballparks to pitch in. Um, and now he's with Toronto. It's it, it could be a little more challenging for him there. I I think his numbers could slip a little bit, but um, but I mostly agree with you. I mean, the thing I like, like I like, I see a similar uh, stat line from him and and right. The difference to me is that like Bassett has done it so many years. Yeah. that I trust it more, you know? So that's why I have him ranked ahead of right. I have Bassett at 43. So, okay. uh, you know, again, not a player I'm likely to be targeting, but, like, he's the kind of guy I could see falling, um, you know, just because he's not a big strikeout guy. He He's older. He doesn't really have the allure of the unknown. He's now in the AL East, and some people might get scared off in that too. So, um he could end up falling further than he should. And if that's the case, like I don't mind him being a back of the rotation kind of a guy for me. If I just want a guy that I know I can plug in every week and get solid numbers and let, you know, let, let the star guys on my staff um, carry me and he can just kind of fill in the gaps. Yep. No, that makes sense. And like I, like I said, at the top of the show, like this is also kind of where I moved Giolito up to. I know you, you have Giolito a bit higher, but as I'm looking at Kyle Wright, um, Chris Bassett, I thought I kind of had to at least move Giolito up to this area. I know you're looking for a bigger bounce back, which oh, I yeah. think could certainly happen. But like, and maybe I should put Giolito ahead of these guys. I don't know. But like, this is kind of this is kind of what I see of, of Giolito too. You're gonna, you know, what you're probably gonna get, but the, he probably does have more upside to kind of return to really like almost elite form. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like a, it's to me, it's a totally different um, type of pitcher. You know, like, do you want a guy who was really really good up until last year and then was bad or do you want a guy who's just always been okay you know yeah. <laughs> and like I'd rather I mean to me Wright is the third choice of the three because like he was pretty good but not great last year and it was his first time doing it so yeah uh, you know Bassett has the consistency but again we were talking about Giolito as a guy who had the consistency prior to last season. So we were, um, I uh, certainly, um, regardless of where I would rank them, uh, you know, I would rather draft the guy with the high ceiling and lower floor than the, the guy with the, the low ceiling and, and high floor. Um, so, uh, you know, I would definitely take Giolino well ahead of, uh, either of these other two guys we're talking about. Well, we're, we're kind of around pitcher 36 or so for me now. Um, where are we on your list? Maybe give me a couple more guys from your list. Yeah, so I, the guy I have a 38, and now that I think about it, I think I'm going to move him up a little bit because I've always been a big fan, uh, and that's Lance Lynn. I think mm-hmm. I'm moving him up to 34 now. Um, so he's, uh, yeah, I mean, Lance Lynn, uh, you know, his overall numbers from last year don't look amazing, but he was terrific in the second half uh, of the season. And uh, this is a guy who's just <laughs> always been a good pitcher, you know, like year after year, he's been a good pitcher. And the fact that he was able to finish the season strong, I think, uh, is pretty good evidence that, like, he's not washed up at age 35. You know, if yeah. if he had been good in the first half and then faded, you might be more concerned. But uh, going the other way around, um, I, I think that's that's very encouraging. I mean, he had a 252 ERA uh, in the second half of the season in 85 and two-thirds innings. So uh, really good number there. And um a uh, you know barely walked one batter per inning in the second half of the year. I mean he just yeah. amazing control. Still had the over over a strikeout per inning. Um, you know his WHIP was under one in the second half. 
so yeah, I'm I'm very excited about Lance Lynn. I might actually move him up even more than this. I, like he he's a guy that I was like he he's the kind of player I like wanted to have on my team every single year uh, over these last four or five years. Much like uh, Charlie Morton, except I just feel like Lynn has uh, he's a little younger than Morton, and I think he's got a couple more years of that kind of production. Yeah, so with Lynn, I have him a little bit lower than you. He's at 47 for me, um, but I, I get all your points. I just think like his first two seasons with the White Sox, he's you know he's had some IL stints in there, and and last year, I mean, some of them have just been like I have to look up what his injuries were. I feel like he had like I feel like he had like a broken ankle, you know, it was a foot or something injury that he came back at the beginning of last year. So he's battled through some of that, and sometimes that can impact your your pitching, of course, when you try to come back. So um, it's better than he, an arm injury. Better than an arm injury, definitely like pitching arm. You don't want to see that. So I guess I question whether or not at 35, you know, if his body is breaking down a little bit. So will we see like 150 innings or, you know, maybe maybe we'll see like 150 innings from Lance Lynn, which still may be very good, like you said, over a K per nine. The second half was really good. I just wonder, like, can he get back to like 180 to 190 uh, inning Lance Lynn? Yeah, I mean, maybe not, but like I take one... 160 170 I mean I think he can get there um and honestly like the age curve for pitchers is just uh uh, you know it's it's just not the same as it is for hitters like a lot like look at the top of of our rankings like Max Scherzer Justin Verlander (laughs) Jacob deGrom like you know it's a it's a who's who of oldies but goodies you know Kershaw even uh you know so like uh, I'm not going to be worried about a guy being 35, 36 years old if, if they're still showing uh, good skills. And uh, I mean, he, you could argue in some ways he's showing even better skills. I mean, his walk rate last year was the lowest of his entire career by a lot. So, um, you know, he's uh, he's he's uh, giving him every giving himself every opportunity to succeed when when he's not giving away those free passes. Yeah, and and like like you said, like and if he does throw 180 innings and gets back to that form, he is he's gonna he's not gonna hurt your ERA. You know, he has a career ERA of 3.52. Um, he's had an ERA over four once in his career. So yeah, like he's he's been very solid. So um, I, it's like I have him lower than you, but like I'm not gonna really disagree with you on him. So um, I don't know. But who you got next? <laughs> All right, so now I've got a couple guys that are a little more uncertain, I guess you could say, but. Uh, but I like the potential and, uh, it's, uh, Nick Lodolo of the Reds and, uh, Jesus Lazardo. Yeah, buddy. So, I like both yeah. these guys. Okay. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this, this, if you're looking for strikeouts, like these are guys that can give you strikeouts. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of people will be taking Hunter Green ahead of Nick Lodolo, um, mm-hmm. but I definitely prefer Lodolo. Um, I just think that, uh, you know, he doesn't have the same uh, risk, I feel like, as Hunter Green of, like, just kind of uh, blowing up. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Green yeah. has a ton of upside, but I don't trust it as much. Like, Lodolo, uh, really good strikeout rate, 11.41K per nine. Uh, walk rate was a little higher than you'd like to see, but um, but he had a, a very strong walk rate in the minors. So I think he can uh, he can chip that down a little bit. Um he had a 3.66 ERA uh, and a uh, 125 WHIP. Uh, again, if he gets the walks down, the WHIP's coming down too. Um, so yeah, I just I, I think he's um, he's got an interesting uh, interesting potential. I mean, it's tough to pitch in Cincinnati. 
but his bad whip against was 322 last year. That's really high. So, um, you know, maybe he's just a high bad whip guy. I mean, he he could be, and Cincinnati doesn't help. But if anything, I feel like uh, he if he pitches as well as he did last year, like he could have some slight improvement to his numbers. Yeah. Well, I mean, my note that I have on Lodolo is as long as Green is being drafted ahead of Lodolo, I want Lodolo. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. I was going to ask you, where, like, where do you have Green? How far down do you have him? Is he, he can't be that far down, right? I've got him at 59. See, like, I think, he, you know, you mentioned the potential. I mean, like, obviously he has, he's a bit more wild and he gave up almost two home runs per nine innings. Like, yes, he was one of the worst in the league. Like, he was, like, almost as bad as, like, Josiah Gray. And you say Kikuchi. I mean, these get like there's only a handful of guys who were worse than Hunter Green at giving up home runs. And some of that's the ballpark, but he's still in the ballpark. Um, but I also think he's a guy who could lead the lead in strikeouts if he, you know, throws 175, 80 innings. So there is yeah. upside, but like I'm not, I don't have him up there with like guys like Blake Snell, but like he kind of could be the same as, as Blake Snell. But you also have Blake Snell lower than me. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Hunter Green. It, I don't know. Like he, he sort of gives me a little bit of like, um, a little bit of like the bad Robbie Ray vibes. Like that's yeah. like in the realm of possibility for him that like he's just a killer to your ratios, you know. So that's the scary part. The upside is sky high. I mean, he's got the best fastball in baseball, arguably. So, yeah, um, certainly uh, in huge upside for Hunter Green. I could see drafting him higher than I have him ranked. Like I have. Jose Arquiti ranked ahead of him, but I don't think I would draft Jose Arquiti ahead of him. Like I would take the shot on green and just w- see how he looks the first few uh, turns through the rotation and get a sense of whether uh, it's, you know, going to come together quickly for him or not. Yeah. Well, um, you mentioned Jesus Lazardo too. And I have, so I have, I have Lodolo at 39. I have Lazardo at 42. So in similar areas here and Lazardo, man, like I, I keep moving him up too, because Outside of like a, a higher than average walk rate, he's just had some really great numbers. Uh, like last season, uh, it was it was only like 100 innings though. That's like kind of the biggest thing is like, can he do it? You know, in 150 innings, 160 innings. Uh, will the Marlins let him do it? I would assume they would at this point. Um, but yeah, like we Lazardo's had like a lot of hype around him for two, three years now, right? So he's dealt with some injuries. I uh, can't remember if he did he have Tommy John as well. I couldn't remember if Lazardo. I'll have to look at his numbers, but I know he's dealt with a lot of injuries. I can't remember if he was a Tommy John guy or not, but he's just, he looked really good last year. And just the fact that he's sort of like this post post hype sleeper, uh, Lizardo could be, I mean, top 10 starting pitcher. I really think he, that's like the, the sky's the limit kind of for him for fantasy. Yeah, no, I agree. And also I, I just, I'm inclined to draft Marlins pitchers in general. I mean, this is a team that, has a good track record on developing their young pitchers. And yeah. they also pitch in a very uh, pitcher-friendly home ballpark uh, there in Miami. So uh, those are just two more reasons, I think, to uh, buy into Lazardo. I, like, I think he's going to be very good when healthy. It is, like you said, just a question of, of uh, how many innings he can throw. Yep. Well, another guy I'll just mention here is not sure how many innings he'll throw. I'm curious where you have Tyler Glass now. I mentioned him at the top of the show. I have him in this area, you know, I, when he, when I saw he and Joe Musgrove got injured, I said, okay, Joe Musgrove toe dropped the kettlebell. I'm not moving him down too much. He might not even miss the start of the season, you know, but, uh, last now probably will. And it's, uh, I think it's an oblique injury, you know, like 
he's dealt with injuries. I, I know when they stopped when they stopped doing the sticky stuff, he dealt with some injuries after that, you know, and he's just dealt with a lot of injuries. So I, I don't trust Tyler Glass now very much. And if anything, I'm moving him down from where I have him at 41, not up. Where do you have him? Yeah, I've got him at 57. So like for me, he's yeah. in a tier of like guys. I have him in the same tier with Hunter Green and some other guys who are. Uh, you know, boomer bust, I guess, like Grayson okay. Rodriguez, the the Orioles rookie, uh, Garrett Whitlock, um, who's hmm. m- moving to the rotation for the Red Sox, uh, Jose Barrios, who was terrible last year, <laughs> you know, Dustin May, uh, who had Tommy John and is, you know, just getting his career back on track. Ronzi Contreras is a guy I've always liked, but, uh, you know, he's had issues with walks and he pitches for the Pirates. Trevor Rogers, uh, you know, guy who completely fell apart um, and then kind of started to turn it around last season uh, later in the year and then got hurt again. Uh, Edward Cabrera, another Marlin who might not even be in the rotation. Like, so I have a tier of these guys who it could go a lot of different ways with. Maybe Glasnow doesn't deserve to be in that tier. Maybe he should be uh, higher up. Um, you know, because he is very dominant when he's healthy. Uh, He's sort of like the pitching version of Byron Buxton at this point. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) you you know, you're just like, if this guy could play a full season, like he could do amazing things. But uh, Tyler Glasnow is now 29 years old and he's uh, thrown a total of 409 innings uh, in the big leagues um, since 2016. And so like, we're talking uh, seven seasons, 409 innings. Uh, you know, I mean, that's like, yeah. that should be two seasons <laughs> for a starting pitcher. Maybe maybe three if you want to be conservative about it. But, like, uh, for a long time, I know he, he was a reliever at times. But he's mostly been a starter, and he just hasn't been healthy. And, um, you know, it's, it's, e- it's easier to put up massive strikeout numbers when you're, you know – putting everything into every single pitch, but that doesn't make you last as long, you know? So, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, it was supposed to miss six to eight weeks with this oblique. So, um, you know, if you take the first half of that, maybe being spring training, maybe misses the first month of the season. Um, but then that's assuming he would actually be healthy the rest of the season. And I don't think we can assume that either. Right. Yeah. I mean, I definitely would rather take him where you have him ranked and stash him on my IL than take him where I have him ranked. Um, and so I'm, I'm starting to consider, like, maybe I need to move him down a few spots because, yeah, who do I trust to throw 120 innings more? Him or Jesus Lazardo, who we were just talking about? And, and you mentioned Dustin May. I have Dustin May up here, too. Like, I really like Dustin May. I have him at 46. I think that's kind of in line with ADP. But like you said, he had Tommy John in 2021, in May of 2021. Um, so the fact that he even got back and pitched at all last year was pretty incredible. Maybe, maybe, uh, he's a fast healer. Uh, he's younger than some of these other guys who were having Tommy John, but, um, yeah, like, I don't know that the Dodgers are going to let him pitch, you know, 150 innings. So like if I thought, yeah, yeah, if I thought they would, I'd probably rank him as like top 25, honestly, like I'd love Dustin May, but you know, a hundred innings of Dustin May, I think will still be pretty good. So I just, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't rank him too far too far down so he's he's in the 40s for me 46 mm-hmm. yeah i i also just wonder about like is he gonna be a big strikeout guy or not i don't i'm not really sure i mean he was not a big strikeout guy last year in his 30 innings uh he, six starts he was not a big strikeout guy back in uh 2020 either um uh, he he was a big strikeout guy in his five starts in 2021 so yeah 
Where does that leave us? I don't know. He also had an issue, a big issue with Watts last year. Uh, that was kind of out of character um, with his career. It was only six starts. So I'm not going to overreact to that aspect. Um, I think he's got a lot of potential, but um, there's just, you know, there's kind of two questions. One is how many innings can he throw? And, and two is just how good is he? Um, so yeah. uh, for that reason, I do have him a little bit lower. I got you. All right. Um, you want to give some a couple more guys? You want me to? Uh, go ahead. All right. So we're down into the 40s for me. Like I said, Lizardo 42. Um, I I have <laughs> I have a couple guys here, uh, younger guys. I have Logan Gilbert 43. Um, you you mentioned uh, Tony Gonson. I have have him in this area. Jeffrey Springs. I have 45. So uh, curious where you have these guys. I can get into either one. Maybe I'll get into whoever you have ranked higher. Logan Gilbert or Jeffrey Springs. All right. Well, I have. I believe I have Springs ranked higher. I have him at... Actually, I'm not sure if that's true. I have Springs at 53, and I have uh, Gilbert at... uh, Oh, I have Gilbert higher. I have Gilbert at 45. So Okay. uh, Pretty close to where you've got him. Yeah, right there. I mean, I think with Gilbert, you know, he's a former first-round pick in the 2018 draft. He he definitely needs to still figure some things out (laughs) at the major league level, but... You know he's an exciting young prospect. I like to I like to draft guys in this area who maybe are former number one picks who have had some hype around him. You know he he showed an ERA under two in the minors. Uh, his K per nine uh, was steady around like ten at all levels before it dipped. So like if you look at some of his numbers, it's like it's sort of like what you were saying with uh, forget who, but it's like you've seen it in the minors. You like maybe Joe Ryan for instance. Like maybe there's still potential there to get back to like higher strikeouts, but. Um, his XERA last year suggests he might be more of a four ERA instead of a three. So I think he actually could get overdrafted. So I don't know that I'll get a whole lot of Logan Gilbert, but like, I still like him, you know? <laughs> so it's, it's yeah. Tough. Yeah. Well, you know, you might remember last year I was really high on him, like as a sleeper. And it was because his ERA was so much higher than what he deserved last season. Right. And after in the 2021 season, I should say. So I was expecting, uh, better numbers um and it turned out that he had better numbers but he didn't pitch quite as well (laughs) so like you know so now i'm kind of out on him just because like you said i mean people might see that 320 era uh and get excited about it um but like I, i i don't think he's quite shown the skills uh to think he can repeat that you know i mean like as of right now uh, I like you said, I'm, he's probably a f- around a four ERA or at least a high three ERA guy, a one twenty ish WHIP, strike you know K per nine right around nine. So fine numbers. Like I don't think he's. I think he'll be fine. I just I think he needs to show some sort of skills progression though if he wants to truly be an impact player. Well, he's the number thirty one starting pitcher off the board based on ADP ahead of his teammate George Kirby, and we both have Kirby above Gilbert. So. Looks like we're going to be drafting Kirby and not Gilbert. <laughs> yep, Kirby and Lodolo over <laughs> over Gilbert and Green. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Yeah. All right, who's up next for you? Or I uh, guess we could talk about Jeffrey Springs. Uh sure, sure. Um, yeah, I have. So go ahead. I, I, yeah, I have Springs. You know, I have, I have him up here. Uh, he threw 135 innings last year. Again, that's this is the first time we've seen him. You know, do this. The Rays finally let him go. Extended him out. And his K per nine dropped, you know, from 12.69. You know, it was over 12 in 2020 and 2021. Of course, he was, you know, only throwing 20 innings, 44 innings, more in a relief role. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, like, 
then as a starter, it, it was still over nine, uh, you know, so it was still over a strikeout per, per inning, uh, which is good. But like he kept the home runs down, uh, you know, as a starter way more than he did as a, as a reliever, which kind of makes sense. It tends, tends to do that, but like ERA 2.46 XERA 3.27, but still really good. <laughs> you know, like his XFIP, all those numbers were like really low. And so he just had really good ratios as a starter. Uh, I believe I'll have to look up, but I think the I think the Rays just signed him to like an extension too. So with the Rays, you never know kind of how much they're how much they're going to give him. Uh, you know what kind of leash, but like the fact that they extended him, you know, I think maybe he can be a 150 inning guy for the Rays, which is like a 200 inning guy for any other team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess that's the question, right? Like, how much win potential do you think he has pitching for the Rays? Because that's like that's a team that's just not afraid to pull their starters really early, you know? Uh, I mean, yeah, like true. just looking at him last year, uh, I don't think, I, I don't think he ever threw seven full innings in a, in a start. Uh, he did not. So, uh, you know, he kind of topped out at six. That was, that was the most he was throwing. Oftentimes it was five. And yeah. of course, if he had a rough start, it would be less than five. So, uh, just a very small margin for error for him in terms of, uh, being even eligible, to get a win. Uh, so that's just something to keep in mind uh, with Springs. I mean, he's also like, it. Uh, yeah, uh, it's one year as a starter, so I don't know how much I can trust it really. Um, you know, it's a lot easier to put up those kind of um, strikeout numbers as a reliever, and it's not surprising to see it, it, it drop down um, as a starter. But I still like him. I mean, I, the, you know, he had, he's another guy that like, has that ERA that was a lot better than what he actually did. I mean, he had 246 ERA. His X ERA was 327, XFIP 329. Like, those are still really good numbers, but it's yeah. almost a run higher. So, you know, if you're if you're in a league with more inexperienced fantasy uh, managers, you could see people reach for him just based on that seeing that impressive ERA number. Um, so just something to keep in mind. He could be overvalued in some leagues. Yep, very true. Well, we're we're now into my. I mean, we've almost gotten through my top fifty. I've got a couple more guys here, but um, where are we in your rankings at this point? Uh, well, so we didn't really talk about Luis Garcia, the other Astros pitcher. Uh, I have him at forty-two. Um, you know, I just feel like he's like a really solid across the board guy. Like, there's nothing really to take issue with in his numbers, and he's done it two years in a row. Uh, two years in a row throwing over 150 innings, double-digit wins, uh, K-rate uh, right around a, a batter per nine or, a little, you know, a little above that in 2021. Yep. Uh, ERA in the mid-threes, uh, whip, it, you know, around 115 both years. So, like, I just I, – I feel like we know what he is, and it's pretty good. I mean, it's – so, um, like, if, if I compare him to Kyle Wright, like – I feel like the upside is kind of similar, but the like the floor feels higher. Like I just I trust it a little more with him because he's done it two seasons in a row. Yeah, that's fair. I have him at uh, a little bit further down at fifty five, but I could I could certainly move him up. I mean, I have him down here in a similar area with John Gray, who you also talked about. And yeah, I mean John Gray, of course, we've seen him. He's been in the league a lot longer. Um, different different guys, but uh, yeah, Luis Garcia, I, I could move him up a little bit. I have no qualms with that. Like. He is. He's solid. I and mean, like you said, we've seen it for two seasons. Um, I mean, really three. I mean, well, no, not three. Two. But yeah, uh, I'm with you. I just have him a little bit lower. That's fair. Um, yeah. And, you know, just big picture, I would say, like, there's just 
so many interesting pitchers. So it's like, <laughs> know. you know, we talked we talked about this on the last show when we were doing the strategy discussion, like not forcing it with pitchers. Like, and I think these guys are a good reason for that. Like, there's just and and the value is really in the eye of the beholder. So like. The guys you like might not be the same guys that other people in your league like. So, you know, you don't need to reach for them. Like, you you should wait for values to come to you at this position. Um, so, like, some other guys I have inside my top 50. Uh, Charlie Morton, who we talked yep. about. Uh, he's getting up there. He's, he's, he's pushing <laughs> 40, but uh, he's still missing bats. I mean, yeah. uh, strikeout rate over 10 per Ks per nine again last season. Uh, just like it is every year, uh, the walk rate did come up a bit, but um, I, you know, he he's he's still a really good pitcher, I think. And uh, that four thirty four ERA last year, like that, that's going to come down. That's, I mean, assuming he pitches continues to pitch as well as he did last season, like that ERA is going to come down, uh, maybe to the high threes. Like, um, WHIP will be decent enough. Uh, so, you know, he's old, but again, there's lots of old pitchers that are still really good. And, uh, so I expect a mo- at least a modest bounce back from him. Uh, he will sp- probably spend some time on the IL at some point, but like, he's not the kind of guy that, uh, you know, pitches 50 innings. Like he'll, no. he'll miss like a few starts, but he'll still throw 170, 180 innings, which in this day and age is, is quite a lot. Yeah, you, you can't ignore those strikeouts uh, this late in a fantasy draft. I have him at 49. Uh, I could easily have him a little bit higher. It sounds like you're in a similar uh, similar area, definitely in the top 50. And yeah, like Charlie Morton last year, he had a, he struggled out of the gates. I'm looking at his, you know, April, you know, 18 innings, 7 ERA. Uh, yeah, it was rough. He only had 15 strikeouts in uh, 18 innings. But then you look at the rest of his season, and he was basically Charlie Morton, you know, like, a little bit ups and downs, but like he had a really solid season. And I just think he had a bad month last year and we were kind of like, gosh, what do we do with Charlie Morton? Cause I think we both kind of liked him going in and uh, I didn't want to like move him way down. And then we probably moved him down and moved him back up or whatever. Maybe he bounced around, but yeah, I, I like Charlie Morton again. Can't ignore those late strikeouts. You're not getting that from hardly anyone else this late in drafts. Yeah. And once again, it's like, give me the guys that are coming off their down years rather than the guys coming off their, they're big years because they're going to be better values. And yep. Charlie Morton has been good for so many years. And I just don't, I haven't really seen a skills decline from him. So, um, you know, maybe that first month was just, you know, a, a rough one month outlier. Yeah. And he's just going to go back to being Charlie Morton. Yeah. Well, someone I have running out my top 50 is uh, another veteran uh, at age 30, not quite as old as Charlie Morton, but Jordan Montgomery. You know, like he got out of Yankee Stadium and came over to St. Louis and looked really good last year, you know. And if you look at his overall numbers, they're solid. Like, again, the strikeouts were down. Uh, that's one thing. But, like, I feel like I'd have to look at his splits to see if they were back up in St. Louis. I just remember him as a much better pitcher <laughs> once he got to St. Louis. I mean, St. Louis tends to do well with pitching, uh, you know, as well. His ERA, I know the Yankees regretted that trade, that's for sure. Absolutely. I mean, he had an ex-ERA of four, but his ERA on the season was 3.48, which was the best of his career. Um, you know, he he kind of he kind of had some career bests if you look at his second half. Um, it was just like overall the strikeouts were a little bit down. But again, this is like sort of boring late pitcher. But Jordan Montgomery is someone I think like he'll throw probably 160, 70, 
maybe 180 innings uh, for the Cardinals. And um, yeah, I, I don't think he's a detriment to your team. Yeah, no, I, I can't really argue that. I just, I do think last year was like a best case scenario for him. I mean, just based on his career as a whole. I mean, he's 30 years old, so we kind of should know what he is at this point. And last year was the first time he ever had a whip uh, lower than uh, 120. And usually it's been closer to 130. So uh, yeah. that's just something to keep in mind with him. I mean, like, uh, he's a guy that has uh, generally given up a lot of home runs, high BABIP. So uh, even though his walk rate's not too high, uh, he does tend to um, give up his fair amount of runs. So like that 348 ERA, I, like, again, pitching in St. Louis is definitely better than pitching in New York uh, with the Yankees. So um, that helps his cause. But, uh, you know, now with the universal DH and all that, I don't think the the difference is nearly as, as extreme. Um, so, you know, I could see his ERA creeping back up closer to four. Uh, and then it really comes down to, like, how many Ks. Because, like you said, uh, he was, a, a, you know, a batter per nine K guy the previous season. But then last year, uh, it dipped down. So we, I do kind of feel like he needs to get that back up, um, especially if the ERA is, is going to rise a little bit. Um, so I have him ranked a little lower actually a lot lower now that I look at it, but um, I have him at 67. But, I, you know, again, the way that I did these rankings, like the reason I have him there is because I have him behind it, that tier I talked about with like Grayson Rodriguez and Hunter Green and all those guys, you know, because yep. like, so if, it, when I actually go to putting inputting this into fantasy pros and trying to predict how guys will finish the season, like I'll definitely have him higher than that because I, I agree, like he's a pretty safe bet to throw a lot of innings. Uh, for the Cardinals, and that's that's a good place to be. Well, I'll say this: like you know, you know, I'm an Orioles fan. I have Grayson Rodriguez not far behind, and like if I'm in a fantasy draft, like I like getting players that I want to root for. I'm going to get an Oriole or two. The Orioles are on the up, man. Like they're uh, you know their pitching is starting to look better. The Cam Camden Yards is turning even more into a pitcher's park. <laughs> you know, like I mean, we talked about the different positional players. I I really would love to get. Rutschman or maybe Gunnar Henderson, but he's probably going to be inflated. I might end up with Santander, Mullins. I don't know. I want an Oriole and Grayson Rodriguez. I mean, if you look at his minor league numbers, they're exciting, <laughs> you know. And like I said, Camden is turning into more of a pitcher's park. It's just a matter of does he make the opening day roster? Um, even if he doesn't, like he'll probably be up in May. Like I expect him to play this year. I expect him to throw a hundred innings, maybe maybe one hundred and twenty. Um, I don't know. Like I think this is the year we see him, and like we could have see a ton of strikeouts. Um, I'm sure some struggles, but like this late, I, I might take him over like a Jordan Montgomery, even though I have Montgomery ranked higher, you know? Yeah. I just, I can't see a scenario where I would draft Montgomery ahead of Rodriguez. Like, <laughs> right. You know, it's like, you'll be able to find something somewhat comparable to Jordan Montgomery on the waiver wire. If you play in a 10 or 12 team league, if you yes. play in a, if you play in an 18 or 20 team league, then maybe I would take Montgomery first, you know, but yeah, um, in, in the most leagues, most people play in like there'll be options. I mean, there's so every team in baseball has five starting pitchers at every time at every uh, moment. And sometimes some teams even have a six man rotation. So there yeah. are all, always new names to consider at this position. Um, and for that reason, these, these low ceiling high floor guys just have less appeal to me in general. Um, yeah. So along those lines, some other guys I feel like could have some ceiling. 
Uh, and we can kind of go a little more rapid fire here if you want. But so sure. I've got Pablo Lopez at 47 now with the Twins. Uh, you know, he finally made it through a season healthy last year, and his numbers were really solid across the board. So, like, I think he could be a like SP4 in fantasy. Um, Alex Cobb, uh, you know, this yeah. is the guy that, like, <laughs> uh, you know, I was just waiting for the positive regression all season. He was like the unluckiest pitcher in baseball last yep. year, according to StatCast, expected stats. Uh, ended up with a 373 ERA, which honestly isn't too bad. Uh, given how unlucky he was. Um, and uh, from June onward, uh, he was he was really good. So I think the regression, positive regression did happen. He was just in such a big hole that he couldn't fully dig out of it last year. But uh, I think this year it's a fresh slate. Um, you know, he, he presumably won't have quite as high a BABIP or left on base percentage as he did last year. And uh you know, it's San Francisco. So uh, yep. I, I, I still like Cobb. Uh, I have him at 48. Yeah, I have Pablo Lopez at 51. Um, I don't really have anything to add. I think he's a solid pick- pitcher. He's nothing spectacular. I know last year I think we were even saying, you know, <laughs> draft him later, not Sandy earlier. Of course, you know, Sandy had a great year. But, like, <laughs> Pablo Lopez is solid. And, uh, you know, as far as Alex Cobb, yeah, man, like, he was so unlucky, like you said. He had an XERA lower than guys like Zach Gallon, Alec Manoa, Garrett Cole. I mean, like you could, the list goes on and on. Like the, like he just he could have been a really good pitcher. Um, you know, as far as and he was like that's the thing. Like he he did pitch well, um, based on the under, underlying numbers. Like you said, like he kept his strikeout rate high, lowered his walk rate. Um, as I was doing my rankings, I kept moving him up and up, and I'm like, why do I have him this low? I gotta like buy the bounce back. I was buying it all year last year. It didn't really happen, but like it could just happen this year. So yeah, I'm with you on Alex Cobb. I he's at fifty seven for me but he keeps moving up yeah i mean i like him significantly more than ross stripling and i know like there's a lot of people that are saying they like ross stripling as well mm-hmm. um i understand the appeal i mean stripling's a guy that t- can give you a good era um but he's a pitch to contact guy you know so i just think that that makes him it, it a reduces his upside and it also makes him um more dependent on a fa- favorable babip so uh you know, I just, uh, I, he's another one of those like high floor, low ceiling guys to me. Whereas Cobb, I feel like could actually be an impact player. Yeah, for sure. I have, I have stripling much lower, closer to 70 with his new teammate, Sean Manaya, who totally different yeah. player. Like, I mean, you could rank Sean Manaya at a hundred and I wouldn't argue with you. I mean, he had so many walks, gave up a lot of home runs. I just think like, you know, again, could be a fresh start going from San Diego to San Francisco. This is like late round flyer time with Sean Manaya. Like, yeah, I've never really liked Sean Manaya. Like, I've never. It seems to me people are always irrationally excited about him. But <laughs> one thing I will say, you know, it used to be uh, when they when players would come to spring training, we'd get these stories about how they're in the best shape of their life. Now, with in these data driven times that we're in, it's. He's showing a big spike in his velocity because he made it. He spent time at driveline, so that, <laughs> that's what we're hearing about Sean Manaya that he's throwing harder this spring. So, I, I mean, that if it's if it can hold up, like, is significant, yeah. and uh, maybe maybe he's he's going to be better uh, than he has been in the past. So I do have him at sixty nine, which for me is high because I'm, you know, I I like Alex Wood more than him as well. Um, yeah, he's a guy that. 
I feel like has always been sneaky valuable and Manaya is a guy that's always been sneaky unvaluable. So like, mm. <laughs> you know, most people like, like I feel like most years people want to draft Sean Manaya. They don't want to draft uh, uh, Alex Wood and then Wood ends up being better. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Alex Wood, it's, it's tough. I have him, I have Alex Wood considerably lower, but again, he's a late round flyer. Like it's fine if you have him higher. Like I just look, the ERA was over five last year and 26 starts uh, so like there's no sugarcoating that unless you say well his xvip says that he can get his era lower i mean there there are some things about and and alex wood has had some some seasons like even just 2021 his numbers were a lot better so you know you could buy that and say like at this point i mean his whole career his his career era is 369 yeah no i mean like he could return like he could, he could have just had a bad year i mean like that's the thing like we talked about lucas giolito Maybe Alex Wood is just a bad year, and you're buying a guy off off a down year. That's fine. I think it's totally the case. I mean, like his left on base percentage was sixty three point nine percent. I mean, that was killer. Uh, the BABIP was high. The home runs allowed. I mean, I just I, his strikeout to walk ratio was right where it always is. You know, so uh, I think he was basically the same pitcher he always was. And uh, for me, it's just more a question of health with him always because he's just not. He's not a great bet to throw 150 innings, um, but I think like I trust his, I trust that he knows what he's doing on the mound and can get decent results more than I trust it uh, with Sean Mania. Yeah, well, uh, one guy I'll mention a, a guy on my list who I don't want to get too far down without mentioning Brady Singer. I had Brady Singer at 52. Um, I, we were talking about Logan Gilbert a little bit ago, and Brady Singer was in that same 2018 draft in the first round, just a few picks after Logan Gilbert. And uh, yeah, Singer started looking good last year. I remember when we were doing our rest of season rankings up on the site, you know, weekly, and I just kept moving him up. I just, you know, he was he was coming on, and like you look at his trajectory and what people are projecting him, you know, going from 130 innings to 150, maybe this year 180. Uh, he might be turning into sort of this workhorse role now, right at a, right at a K per nine, uh, not huge strikeout potential, but nothing that's going to hurt your team. And, like, his ERA last year was 3.23. Again, some of the expected numbers a little bit higher. And uh, But I just think, like, this is a young guy with draft with a, you know draft pedigree who could just be improving, you know? And, like, maybe he's on the up. And, yeah, the Royals are not very good. That's that's probably the biggest difference between, like, him and a Logan Gilbert. But I think he could be better than Logan Gilbert, and you're getting him, like, 20 picks later. Yeah, I'm not really with you on this one. <laughs> I... I, I actually did think of Logan Gilbert when I was looking at his numbers because he also had a similar ERA that was not matched by his peripherals. But um, the thing about Singer, like, I mean, he wasn't like Singer wasn't that dominant in the minors either. So like, he's never been dominant. Uh, you know, I got he's 26 now. I mean, I just I don't see like a sudden change. And you look at what the projection systems look for for him. I mean. His ERA should be right around four and under a strikeout per inning. Uh, whip, not going to be super great, 125 to 130. I mean, those are not numbers that are going to help a fantasy team, especially pitching for the Royals because, like, you're not going to get many wins pitching for the Royals. So, uh, you know, I just see him as being subpar in wins and Ks and very much up in the air whether he'll be uh, helpful in ERA and whip. So, I I understand like he is still young enough that he could make some sort of big step forward. I just I'm not prepared to bank on that. So like I you know I I have him ranked at 70th. 
Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, where he's going, even, like, he can be, like, your fifth starter. Uh, so, like, I'm just going to, like, again, you're right about the projections. I mean, they are, like, but, I mean, the projections, obviously, are based on a lot of underlying statistics and things. So, maybe he will have a 1.25 whip. But, I mean, he had a 1.14 whip last year. Uh, and I just, again, he's young enough. What if he's just a solid pitcher? Maybe he's maybe he's not going to be, maybe he's not going to improve. But even if he just does what he did last year, um, with more innings, I think he'll be very valuable. Yeah, no, I, I, I probably was a little too definitive in, in uh, opposing your take there. I, I mean, my like, I think this part of the draft, it's really personal preference, you know. And so, if he's yeah. a guy you believe in, like, I'll, I don't have a problem uh, having him ranked twenty, thirty spots higher than when I, where I have him ranked. Honestly, oh, I yeah, think yeah. it's like the we have to. One thing nobody likes to admit is that we're we all don't know as much as we think we know <laughs> so like <laughs> yeah. you know there's a lot of uncertainty baked into all of this and these are all guys who have a, a wide range of possible outcomes um a, another guy i have in just inside my top 50 at 49 is andrew heaney who's now with the rangers and uh you know the dodgers took him on as a reclamation project and he really responded he had a 13.62 k per nine rate that was second only to Spencer Strider among pitchers who threw at least 70 innings last year. Um, so that's good. You know, the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, there's no way to know exactly how many innings he's going to throw. He's only topped 130 once in his career, but I feel like he's another guy that could be really valuable on a per start basis. And I, I would just like play it one start at a time. And, and, you know, especially if you have IL spots too, you know, even if he misses a month or two at some point, fine, stash him on the IL. Yeah, I have Heaney a bit lower. I have him at 66. Um, but yeah, like, I think it's just, for me, it's like, well, did the Dodgers fix him, you know? Or was he just good in LA? Was he just good in a shorter, you know, in the 72 innings, like you said? So there's some unknowns here, but yeah, you can't ignore that strikeout rate. Um, you also can't ignore 2021 when he got traded to the Yankees and was given up all ton of home runs. I mean, he had a home run per nine over two just on the, on the year he's, he's given up some home runs in his career. You know, he's had some bad, bad, uh, bad years, bad stints and things like that. So yeah, again, I'm not going to like nitpick here. We're, we're getting into the later round. So it's, it's kind of personal preference. Um, one guy that I kind of like in this range is Reed Detmers. Uh, you know, this is another person, another guy with good draft, uh, pedigree. Um, uh, he threw a no hitter last year, but like, yeah, I think he gave up like I think he had like two strikeouts in that no hitter and like got some good defense behind him. So like that was before he got sent back down to the minors. And then he kind of came back and looked a lot better after that. So this is like, he's super young. Uh, there's reason to believe that maybe he keep that second half going, but I mean, I have him at 58 and as long as he's going late um, and maybe I'm, I have him ranked a little higher than consensus, then I'll probably draft Reed Detmers uh, just to, just to see, uh, you know, if he can kind of keep the second half rolling, keep the good kind, good keep the good times rolling in twenty twenty three. Okay, yeah, he's another one I'm I'm not really in on. I've got him in the nineties, in fact, in my rankings. Um, but I, again, how dare you? Like, <laughs> what's that? How dare you? <laughs> hey, you. Well, you should play in some leagues with me. Uh, I won't. You won't have to worry about me. Uh, stealing him from you (laughs) that's all Uh, but no i mean it's a very limited track record so you never know like i i just feel like he you know his numbers were really inflated by this uh hot six start stretch he had in july and august and uh other than that um his uh era was over four in 
uh, each of the other four months of the season. Um, and he just doesn't have a ton of bat missing uh, ability so far in the majors. I mean, he did show some in the minors. Uh, but yeah, again, wide range of possibilities. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to poo poo it or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and I have him ranked ahead of Patrick Sandoval, which I don't think is necessarily like the consensus. And I'm going to see where they, where these teammates are in ADP. But like, I mean, I have him pretty close, but I have Sandoval just a little bit further down because, you know, he's had a higher, a higher uh, ERA. Um, we've seen a little bit more of him and maybe it's just more of like the unknown uh, with Detmers. Um, I mean, Sandoval was like a sleeper himself. A lot of people loved Sandoval last year. I think some people still like him, you know? And so I'm curious, like, where do you have Patrick Sandoval? I'm guessing you have him a bit higher than Reed Detmers. I do, but not by much. I have him at 79. So okay. I'm like, I'm not super high on either of them, honestly. It's fair. Yeah. Um, some guys I do like more. I've got, um, so the new Japanese import for the Mets, Kadai Senga. Yeah. I have him at right at 50. Uh, you know, it's a guessing game with a lot of these guys, but it's especially a guessing <laughs> game when you're bringing guys over from, uh, from the far East. And it's very yeah. hard to know how those numbers are going to translate. But, uh, but Senga is, uh, impressive 259 ERA, 111 whip and 10.3 K per nine over his 11 seasons in Japan. Uh, he's going to a great situation with the Mets as well. Good ballpark, good lineup supporting him. Um, I feel like, you know, the fact that he's such a seasoned veteran too, like he's going to be crafty. Like, uh, I feel like he's going to, you know, he's not going to implode. I like, I, I feel like he's at least going to be solid. I don't know if he's going to be dominant, um, but he doesn't have to be uh, dominant based on where he would be going in drafts. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think you might even be a little bit higher than consensus. I'm not sure. I have him at 70, but again, like, I don't know where to rank this guy. <laughs> so, yeah, it's 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 tough. Um, mm-hmm. You know, one guy I wouldn't mind him being uh, comparable to is another Japanese player, Kenta Maeda, who I actually have next in my rankings at 51. Uh, you know, he missed all of last season with Tommy John. Uh, but we've seen it with so many guys coming back from co- Tommy John and being uh, good to go, you know. Yeah. So uh, before that injury, you know, Maeda was always helpful in strikeouts and whip with an ERA that tended to hover right around four, you know, because he gives up a lot of home runs. But uh, but that still added up to a valuable fantasy pitcher. And uh, I think he can return to that kind of uh, production this season as long as he's uh, fully healthy. Maybe I need to take another look at Maeda, um, if he is fully healthy in spring training and everything, because I have him at 98. Maybe I haven't moved him up enough. I've got, I've got some of this. We already talked about Pablo Lopez, who's now there, but I also have Sonny Gray. Uh, higher than him if we're looking at other twins um, i was about to mention sonny gray i've got him right at right there at 52 as well okay yeah i've got him a bit higher and then i've got like you know i'm looking at other twins i've got tyler molly at 78 so a bit further down um closer to where like you know where i have um my ada so but yeah sonny gray i have him at 62 i just trust i mean again we've seen sonny gray have really good seasons um i, I trust him a bit more um so i'm gonna i'm gonna rank him a bit higher the tommy john it's tough. Like we've seen guys come right back and be good. We've seen guys struggle to kind of regain their form, you know, like Noah Syndergaard, like where do you rank a guy like him? I have him down at like 80 uh, because he had Tommy John after the 2019 season. And last year was basically like his first year back, you know, and the strikeouts aren't there. And didn't he have other, 
other injuries too? Like, wasn't there some after he came back from Tommy John? Didn't he have something? Well, else? he must have because, like, yeah. I mean, I'm, I know it was t- it was 2019 when he had the surgery. So, like, yeah, he must have had something else in there. But I, the point being is just like, yeah, sometimes guys do, you know, have trouble kind of coming all the way back, and sometimes, you know, they can have other injuries and things like that. So that's there's some risk there for sure. Just to you know, kind of first year back. Yeah, I mean, I'm way out on Syndergaard. I've got him at 96. So, and and the only reason I even am that high is because he's going to be on the Dodgers. But <laughs> right, I, I, I mean, like, it's just the velocity is gone. So, like, it's yeah. with him, it's very obvious what the problem is, um, and I don't see a solution to it. Uh, but no, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I, I like, I agree. Gray probably has the higher floor. I just think Maeda can be a little bit more impactful. Um, if he is healthy. So, uh, you know, Gray is a guy that I always kind of struggled to trust a little bit back when he uh, was pitching with the uh, A's and then the Yankees um, and then Cincinnati. Uh, he, he got better with Cincinnati, actually, but that was just a tough ballpark for him. Um, but it is it is certainly better to be with the Twins. You just want to see uh, if the strikeouts can come back up because they were, they were down – last year more at the level that they were prior to him going to the Reds when he really saw a big spike in his K rate. Yeah. Well, one guy you haven't mentioned yet, and I'm, you're talking about strikeout rate going down and drew Rasmussen, uh, his went down last year. Um, I have him in my top, let's see, where do I have him? I have him at 54, but as as we're talking about (laughs) different guys, I'm like, I might actually move him down a few spots because some of these other guys like Alex Cobb, you mentioned John Gray at the beginning of this episode, and I'm like, I, some of these guys I might move move ahead of Drew Rasmussen because as we were talking about the Rays, it's sort of like, okay, how many innings is he going to throw? Um, some of the projections have him going like 173 innings. I'm like, really? I don't know. I mean, maybe he starts 30 games. Maybe he throws five, six innings per game, but I just I don't know if we see it with him or any Rays pitcher, maybe McClanahan, maybe not. So, yeah, if the strikeout rate is you know under 8 K's per nine. That's not great. I mean, like he has a really good ERA. Um, some like he's a he's a good pitcher, um, but I don't know. Like without the strikeouts and maybe like the win potential, like you were saying, like eleven wins might be like his cap. Yeah, that's probably true. I you know I liked him last year because I feel like nobody liked him, <laughs> so I was like yeah. he just seems like a, a potential deep sleeper, you know. But now maybe after having two good years in a row. He has he had an identical 284 ERA in 2021 and last season. So at this point, I don't know. Maybe people will be more into drafting him, but maybe not. I mean, I'm trying to see where is he in ADP. I mean, we, we both have him ranked 54th. He's 52nd pitcher off the board, according to Fantasy Pros. So we're pretty much right along with ADP on him, um, which I'm fine. I mean, I have him in springs back-to-back because honestly, like, I think it's like a coin flip, which of them would be better. I, I don't have a strong feeling about it. So I, I would I probably wouldn't target either of them, but like if, if either of them fell far far enough for me, I would I'd be fine taking them. So uh yeah, I mean we're starting to it sounds like we have a lot of these guys ranked pretty similarly, um in terms of uh Sonny Gray and Rasmussen. Those I like you know, those were the two next guys on my list as well. Yeah, and then I have some guys you had mentioned. I don't know where you had this tier of Edward Cabrera, Ronzi Contreras, like some of these guys. I have Hunter Brown sort of in this area too. Now this, mm-hmm. 
you know, there, there's there's reason to get excited about him. But again, like, will he have a starting job? Uh, I don't know. So like that kind of dependent. So depending on. <laughs> well, I'm going to I'm going to get back at you for when you pointed out that I mentioned guys who didn't have the right position eligibility on some of the infield shows because uh, Hunter Brown does not have starting pitcher eligibility yet. He only has relief pitcher eligibility. So oh, no. I'll just throw that me. out there. <laughs> so you I didn't me. rank I didn't rank him. But if I did, he'd probably be in this area for me as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, you know, this, this group, I, I, you know, I mentioned before, um, with, uh, glass now and Grayson Rodriguez, Hunter green. Um, it's, this is all in like the late fifties, uh, into the sixties for me. And Edward Cabrera is in that group for me. Um, but he, he could move down if it looks like he's not gonna, uh, get a spot in the rotation to start the season. So to me, that's the main thing to watch with him, but Pretty much, I'll, I'm willing to take a chance on on any Marlins pitcher uh, that is uh, breaking camp in the starting rotation. Yeah, another name I didn't mention, I didn't quite get to it, is Michael Kopech. He's 26 years old. Again, 20, 2014 first-round pick. Um, he's only pitching the majors for, I mean, really just a couple seasons. You know, I mean, he's. I'm trying to look at how many starts he has. He, he barely has 30 starts. He's got 33 starts under his belt, um, just over 200 innings. So there's a lot of unknown with him. Um, but his strikeout rate went down a lot last year. So, um, you know, is it, is he, is he going to, is he going to be good in the starter role? I don't know. Can he get the strikeouts back up? So like there's some unknown, but like Michael Kopech could be a really good pitcher. Uh, he could be a little gem toward the end of the, you know, toward the end of your fantasy draft. Cause he's not going high. You don't have to pay a lot to get Michael Kopech. Yeah. Well, as you recall, I was, I think I was pretty in on him last year. Him and Gilbert were guys I was talking about a lot, but. Um, but yeah, I feel like it was sort of discouraging that he his strikeout rate just completely cratered when he moved from the bullpen to the starting lo- rotation. So I'm a little more hands off on him this year. I've got him at uh, 73. Okay, well I'm at 70. So we're <laughs> okay, that pretty much off. same same range. Yeah, where <laughs> yeah. do you have Jose Barrios? I'm curious about that. Yeah, I have him probably similar to you. I have him at 59. You mentioned him sort of in this area, so like. Uh, this was someone who I ranked in my top 30 last year when I was looking at last year's ranking. So uh, you're getting a really good discount on him, but like he had an ERA over five, which was bottom 10 in the league for pitchers who threw over a hundred innings when I was sorting that in fan graphs, uh, had his worst strikeout rate since his rookie season. So there was a lot to not like about last year, but you could certainly, I mean, he's had a track record. Uh, you know, you could certainly buy a bounce back for Brios as well. So he could be a solid pitcher who you get late, um, but he's at 59 for me. Where was he for you? Yeah, I'm at 61 in this okay. group. I'm, you know, it's sort of similar to the whole thing with Lucas Giolito. The difference is that, like, you know, Barrios's fall from grace was more dramatic, and yeah. also like he was never as good as Giolito. Anyway, like I felt like Barrios was the kind of pitcher that was always a, a tad overrated in fantasy, just because you know people thought he was like an ace and he was never really a fantasy ace you know so um just coming from that point and then having this complete extreme drop off like i don't think the upside of the bounce back is quite as high um as it might seem um but i do still like buying uh, off the down year and i feel like you know there's a decent chance that he goes back to being the pitcher he was from 2017 to 2021 and that would be pretty pretty darn good like a really uh strong number three fantasy starter maybe even a number two 
Yeah, I mean, he's definitely been an innings eater, you know, and I think what happens, like, I agree with you. Like, I don't think he's ever been quite as good as, like, like he's been overdrafted a lot. Um, like, when he was with Minnesota, I think he was their number one pitcher, um, but not every team has an ace, you know, and so I think that's kind of what happened with Barrios is, like, going into each season, it's like, well, he's the Twins' number one pitcher, um, but, like, he wasn't really a number one pitcher, you know, so right. I, think that, I think that's some of it. Now he's not the number one pitcher. He's with Toronto. He's, like, what, their third, fourth? pitcher so that's yeah. fine yeah, yeah exactly how about the boston guys that used to be relievers uh garrett whitlock and tanner hawk what, what do you think of those two well um i have to look in whitlock i thought i heard he probably is gonna not make opening day i don't know what his injury status is yeah he's um, got he had hip surgery over the offseason so i okay. think he is gonna be on the aisle to start the season but it doesn't sound like um it should be a, a long-term uh, injury. I think it's just, you know, when guys are coming off a major surgery like that, sometimes the rehabilitation plan is just like, they take it slow and they want to make sure that once they actually do come back, that they're, they're fully recovered, you know? So I think that might, this might just be a matter of like the calendar working against him more than anything, but, um, it's the kind of injury that I think he's, he's expected to, uh, to make a full recovery from. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, maybe I need to take another look at him. I have him at 93. I mean, I don't have, I have Brian Bello a little bit right behind him. I don't have Hauk until like after my top 100. And Mm. that was more the assumption that Tanner Hauk would be sort of this long reliever, you know, uh, potentially a bullpen guy. So I don't know if he's, if he's going to be like a fifth starter, then I need to reconsider maybe moving Tanner Hauk up because he's been, He's had some control issues, but he's he's also looked good at times. So, um, yeah, where, where do you have your your Red Sox? Yeah, I mean, I'm not really that in on how because he's got issues with wildness. So, he to me, yeah. he's at 91. But Whitlock, I mean, I think Whitlock's a really good pitcher. So, if he can just prove his health, I think he's got a lot of upside. I have him at 60. Okay. I mean, yeah, like Whitlock, I'm looking at him. He's 26. Um, I remember looking at Whitlock when – it was like the the Red Sox were sort of trying to figure out their bullpen. And I remember thinking, well, if he's going to be their closer, I would get excited about him. So I remember looking at him and thinking, okay, this guy looks like he's got some good numbers he could throw. So, yeah, if he's fully healthy, yeah, I mean, he looks like a guy who can maybe definitely strike out more than a batter per nine. And, uh, yeah, uh, he's, he's only started nine games, it looks like. So a lot of unknown. Uh, I, I probably won't move him up too much, but... You know, if you're, we're talking deep into drafts, like sure, sixty's a little bit aggressive for me, but uh, all right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just I, I don't know. Like I, I could see a scenario where he finishes as a top twenty-five guy, like if he pitches mm. enough innings. Like I, I, he's he's a talent, you know. Um, but again, yeah. like it, all the guys in this tier, there's a lot of uncertainty. So for me, like uh, Rosie Contreras is another guy. I, you know, I I've always been a fan, um, but. I, you know, pitching for the Pirates is tough for in terms of wins, and uh, there's a question of uh, how many guys he's going to walk because that can really put a dent in the whip. But he's got nasty stuff, so he's an exciting player too. I think. Yeah, another another guy who I need to move up a little bit more, uh, Justin Steele. Uh, I have him at 79. Of course, I'm kind of going all over the place here because I'm just kind of looking at guys that we've talked about or not talked about, but. He he he's with the Cubs. Um, he's young. He had he had some he pitched pretty well last year. And again, if you're taking late later round flyers, I'll have to look and see where his ADP is. Um, like you kind of have to just pick your poison late. I mean, I think what I'm going to do like just draft. So he's he's eighty. He's going as the number eighty eight starting pitcher. So I have him a little bit higher. 
I think you just got to take your shots on some of these guys. I like loading up uh, on guys I know I'm gonna like are young, maybe pitched well last year. Want to see what they can do in April. If they're not good, you drop them. I mean, like this is this is the part of your roster that's going to get churned. So you got to mm-hmm. be active on the waiver wire and uh, you know take a couple shots here late. I love loading up on starting pitcher to see if I can get some some magic here at the end of my draft. Yeah, it makes sense. I've got him at 95, so I'm uh, like I'm actually surprised he's as low down as he is because his ERA was pretty low. But I guess yeah, you know it, it's due for quite a bit of regression, I think. But you know, if he's still going that late, he could end up being a, a bargain anyway. Right. Uh, let's see. So Tyler Molly, it sounds like neither of us are, are too enthusiastic about. I know some people uh, are always believing he's on the verge of a breakout, but it it's um. I don't know. It's like the walks and the home runs. <laughs> I mean, maybe getting out of Cincinnati helps with the home runs, but the walks are still a real problem for him, I think. Yeah, he's 78 for me. I have Bailey Ober a couple spots higher. For, I was that's the that's the twin I couldn't find in my li- in my list, but I have Bailey yeah. Ober higher than than Molly. I have him in the same tier, so I yeah, I, I won't I won't fight you over it. I think I have uh Molly about four spots ahead. Um Nathan Avaldi also is a guy that I feel like's generally underrated and maybe that's because i'm a red sox fan but i know he's with the rangers now um but he's just like a solid back end fantasy starter you know uh and i feel like moving from boston to texas will only help his numbers yeah he's at uh he's at 73 for me um another guy who's who switched teams jameson tayon i have him at 77 so again kind of like jordan montgomery (laughs) you know leaving yankee stadium maybe a change of scenery uh you know we talked we talked about um yeah just some guys who are like it's a, it's a better ballpark, you know, when the wind's blowing in at Wrigley, like maybe just, and you know, it's cold earlier in the season. Like you might just have, get some good starts out of, out of him. So I, I don't know. Like th- these are guys that, again, you, you're probably going to churn the end of your lineup here. I don't know if he's going to be like some great pitcher, but like, I think he might be solid and you might get a couple good months out of him. Yeah. Um, Carlos Carrasco is a guy I used to really love. Um, you know, he was a mainstay of my fantasy teams for a better part of a decade. Um, but then he had a really bad uh, 2021 season, had a decent bounce back last year, but it just wasn't a big enough bounce back for me to be excited about drafting him this season. So, like, I think that, you know, at this point, it looks like back end fantasy starter is kind of the best you're going to be able to get from him. Yeah, I have Eovaldi, Eovaldi at at 73, Carrasco at 74. So back to back. And yeah. and also they're getting up there in age and have dealt with some injuries. So, again, you might get a couple good months out of them. Like you also, these, these guys also might be guys who hit the IL. I mean, pitcher again. We didn't really talk about this at the top, but like pitcher is just one of those positions where you're going to have, you know, guys hitting the IL. But even more so, maybe with some of these old guys drafting late. So some yeah. risk there, but really some no guys, risk if you're drafting late. Right. Some other guys I have in this group are Eric Lauer with the Brewers, Merrill Kelly with the Diamondbacks. Uh, Marcus Stroman with the Cubs, who's yep. way better in a points league, by the way. Um, but because uh, he's he's great for ERA, um, but he's just not a strikeout guy. Um, and then uh, this one, uh, you know, we, we talked about all the other giants. Anthony DiSclefani, like I feel like he's kind of mm. the forgotten man in this rotation at this point. Um, I forgot him. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, he missed most of last year with an ankle injury, but like he was more than serviceable in 2021, his first year with the Giants. Uh, he had a 317 ERA and a 109 whip that season. So, like, I wouldn't be surprised to see him have a bounce. I mean, he's not a big strikeout guy either, but I could see uh, him being a back-end fantasy starter. 
Yeah, sure. I mean, back end fantasy starter, some other guys I have in here, Martin Perez for the Rangers. Like he was solid, I feel like, in the first half of last year. Um, I mean, again, he, he also had some rough outings in the second half. Um, so I was listening to the uh, Rates and Barrels podcast, which I think is The Athletic, and mm-hmm. uh, those guys were talking up Ken Waldachuk for Oakland. As I already might not even make the rotation, though. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, again, but like, and that's possible, right? Uh, I, but like, I was looking at his minor league numbers and like his K per nine, like 13, 14, 16. Right. I mean, granted, like, I don't, you know, these are these are the minor leagues. He's playing at like rookie ball and single A and stuff. So, um, but he played double A, triple A, uh, still had really good K rates. And, you know, he also de- dealt with some walks and wildness, but like, seems to have some pretty good stuff. And again, late round flyer. I mean, why wouldn't Oakland? I mean, maybe he doesn't make the rotation, but like they traded Cole Irvin, you know, like who mm-hmm. who's in that rotation <laughs> anymore? Why not? Why wouldn't he be in there? Yeah, no, it's true. Um, I yeah, I mean, I think like all these low ceiling back end starter guys, like if you're not actually using them, like there's no point in rostering them. You know, you might as well roster or uh, just stash one of these young guys with upside. They're just guys I like more than Waldachuk, like. Uh, well, so Andrew Painter, it looks like he's dealing with elbow tenderness, so that could end up just costing yeah. him the season or at least causing the Phillies to be extremely cautious with him, and maybe he just doesn't get the call this season. But, um, like, he's neck and neck with Grayson Rodriguez as the top pitching prospect in baseball. He's just – he's four years younger than Rodriguez, so, like, he's less likely to make an impact this season. But he's definitely a guy that, like, if he ever – looks to be healthy and gets the call like he's gonna it's gonna be alarm bells ringing in every fantasy league you know yeah. um ricky tiedemann with the blue jays um i like he's shown ace potential in the minors he's a hard throwing lefty and um could make an immediate impact if there's an opening in the, in the blue jays rotation at some point uh brandon i don't even know how to pronounce it fought p-f-a-a-d-t with for the, the Diamondbacks, Diamondbacks. yeah, for my Diamondbacks, <laughs> yeah, you're 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 a huge fan of, of evidently. Um, they're your NL team. Uh, there you go. He posted a 2.63 ERA and a .99 WHIP and a 10.8 K per nine uh, in the hitter friendly PCL last season. So he's going to merit a pickup for sure if he gets the call. Kyle Harrison with the Giants. We love all Giants pitchers, but <laughs> most of them have injury histories and are probably going to spend some time on the IL. So you, you'd think yeah. an, a spot's going to open up for Harrison at some point if he proves he deserves it. He's another one of the top pitching prospects in baseball, and he's dominated the minors over the last two seasons. Um, has some bouts of wildness at times, but uh, yeah, pitching in San Francisco in that ballpark would probably mask any deficiencies uh, that, that you might have. Um, Josiah Gray... I'm not giving up all hope with him yet. I guess you could put um, uh, Mackenzie Gore in this group as well because the, sure. the Nationals have no reason not to let these guys have a trial by fire and learn on the job. You know, I, I'm i a little more optimistic about Gray than Gore at this point um, just because he's shown uh, more potential, I guess you could say, uh, in, the, in the majors. Um, but, uh, you know, both of these guys are – have a lot to prove. So they're, they're watch list guys, but they're going to be getting an opportunity right away, which is, you can't say yeah. about some of these other young starters. Yeah. J- Josiah Gray is tread with caution, man. I, I have my fan graphs page sorted by <laughs> hundred innings pitched and home runs per nine. And he's at the top of the list or bottom of the list. If you want to look at it that way, 2.3 uh, 
So yeah, that's that's tough. But yeah, he's got a he's he's a strikeout guy, and again, he's young enough. Um, sure, I think at this point, like I I like a lot of like a lot of those names that you said. Grab a couple of those guys late and see what happens. I'd much rather grab them than some of these other guys. Like there's guys who we haven't even mentioned. Like I mean, we didn't mention like Miles Mikolas, um, Jack Flaherty, uh, Adam Wainwright. Much lower. I mean, his velocity is way down. But like mm-hmm. I do think that like Mikolas will be serviceable. Um, you know, depending on your league format and Flaherty, like, I can't believe we didn't even get to him. Like you must have him way low because Flaherty, uh, I have him like in my seventies because I just think like, I mean, what if he, what if he returns to form? It's been a while. Um, he's dealt with some shoulder injuries. Like, I mean, he's dealt with some injuries that are tough, but like, again, he's going late now. It's not like you have to use like a mid round pick on him. Oh yeah. No, I was about to mention him. He, I have him like, I did this tier that has these rookie uh, pitchers I was just mentioning, and then some gotcha. some other guys as well that are like high variance guys. So I have Flaherty in that group. I've got Tariq Skubal uh, of the Tigers in that group. Uh, Is Tyler, he back? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he had flexor tendon surgery that cut last season short, and he might not be ready for opening day, but it sounds like he's going to pitch a lot you know he's he's going to be back for a big chunk of this season let's put it that way okay i need to get um, in actually, my rankings then yeah. yeah i actually feel more comfortable more confident in him uh pitching 100 innings this season than i do jack flaherty uh, hmm. yeah uh tyler mcgill like remember at the beginning of last season everyone loved this guy as a breakout <laughs> yeah <laughs> um he was outstanding in april and then he got blown up for eight runs in uh, his seventh start of the season at the beginning of May. And then he spent the rest of the season on the injured list, most of the rest of the season on the injured list with bicep and shoulder injuries. So, um, you know, it's going to be tough to earn a spot in the Mets rotation. But, like, if he has a spot, he's like a guy I, I wouldn't mind picking up and spot starting right away because he showed some potential last year and it'd be a good situation. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, like, I'm looking at roster resource. They have Verlander and Scherzer at the top, of course, and then the new Senga. Um, they have Carlos Carrasco, who, again, probably will deal with an injury at age 36. And uh, David Peterson, who we didn't mention either, like, he, I like he looked good too. at times. Yeah, yeah, he looked good at times. Like, I, I think I would probably take Peterson over McGill just because, well, he's projected to be that fifth starter, but I, he also, like, has a little upside himself. I'd take whichever one is is – getting a start basically <laughs> yeah. and not, not think of it beyond that. They both have upside, you know, and uh, yep. Carrasco, Verlander, Scherzer, all in their late thirties or 40. So uh, yep. there, there's definitely could be some missed starts in there for all three of those guys. Um, and don't forget about Aaron Ashby either. Um, he's sure. out until at least mid May, um, but uh, he'll have plenty of upside once he does return. Uh, lots of strikeouts. Walk rate is an issue, but, uh, he's another guy that, like, if he wasn't going to miss a month and a half, like, I'd have him a lot higher because I feel like he still has a potential to break out this year. Agreed. I have him at 82, but, like, yeah, I, I probably should have him, like, really, realistically, I should probably move him into, like, my top 60 because, again, we've talked about this before. This is a guy you can draft at, toward the end of your draft and then stash him on the IL. Like, you want to have a one or two guys to stash in your IL and then just pick up some guys off waivers after the draft, like absolutely do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have Ashby at 89, but I, I'll definitely draft him ahead of a lot of these like low ceiling guys that I just aren't even, I'm not, they're like pretty much off my board. You know what I mean? If they don't yeah. have a good enough K per nine, like I'm not drafting a guy with a, a seven K per nine. I don't care how far he falls. Um, <laughs> Clark Schmidt, 
by the way. Also, I mean, this Carlos Rodon news should open up a rotation spot for Clark Schmidt. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, he was a really solid reliever for the Yankees last year um, and had an excellent strikeout-to-walk ratio at AAA over the last two seasons as well. So he's definitely a guy we should watch um, depending on how long Rodon's going to be out. Yep. Okay. Um, anyone else? We've we've gone about as long as we did for the first part of starting pitchers. So oh my god! Anyone? I mean, you could just keep uh, Mike Clevenger. I like. I don't want to <laughs> draft him based on the off-field news, and yeah, uh, you know his velocity is has gone down too. But um, there's still upside there. We have we have to acknowledge that, and he's locked into the White Sox rotation. Um, yeah. Zach Eflin is another boring guy, but in Ranger Suarez. Uh, I I have Mikolas down here. Like I Mikolas and and Stroman to me are pretty similar. I I, I prefer Stroman slightly, but um, yeah. same kind of pitcher. So yeah, you could go on and on with this. And then of course Walker Bueller could be back in the second half of the season. So at least mm. keep an eye on that. I'm gonna keep an eye on that and my my boy John Means. John Means business. <laughs> um, you know, like th- again, these are guys who could be second half. You know, like. Not well. Walker Bueller could be a second half stud. John Means could be a second half. Who knows what? But like <laughs> he he's been he's been good. Um, but these are it depends on how many IL spots you have. You know, he could be a mean uh, level pitcher or median. Mm, I don't know. Mean, yeah, could be. Yeah, <laughs> well, math joke for you that to wrap up the podcast. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's cut let's cut it there. We're you know past the hour and a half mark. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Hope this has been helpful to you. Um, We've got one more position preview left. Relief pitcher, which we always do last purposely because there is always a lot to be determined in terms of closing situations now more than ever. Uh, Many teams just will never even have a closer, a set closer. But we'll do the best we can to uh, help you figure out how to draft that position. Uh, We'll also talk about um, utility uh, only hitters because we haven't touched on those guys yet. Um, so that will be coming at you next week. In the meantime, uh, if you do have any questions for us, uh, you can always reach out on Twitter. Oh, and I should mention, we will have our, our rankings up at rosrankings.com uh, probably towards the end of next week as well. Uh, so uh, if you know in time for your, your drafts, hopefully, uh, you'll be able to see our rankings up on the site. Uh, but you can reach out to me on Twitter at Andrew underscore Seifter. And I am at Barton Wheeler. We appreciate everyone listening to the podcast. If you like the show, please follow, subscribe, rate, and review. We are out of here. We gone. You've been listening to the Rest of Season Rankings Podcast. Go to www.rosrankings.com for more.